From Washington, this is Political Theater, Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Dick. Today's podcast of Political Theater is being podcasted from the United States Capitol and its rotunda. We wanted to come up here because we're gauging the reaction to the race between Connor Lamb and Rick Saccone mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania 18. Bridget Bowman, Roll Call's senior political reporter, is joining us because she's been hounding lawmakers all morning long. Bridget, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, good to be here. So what are some of the reactions that you're seeing? You were at the House Republicans conference meeting this yep. morning uh, in the, waiting outside uh, in the biting cold <laughs> for reactions. What uh, were rank and file Republicans telling you? So Republicans had their regularly scheduled conference meeting this morning. Um, They usually do once a month meet with the campaign committee, and that was what was happening this morning, and they were talking through some of the results from last night. Um, So the results in Pennsylvania, the Democrat Connor Lamb leads Republican Rick Saccone by a little over 600 votes. It's really, really close right now. And the message from lawmakers coming out of that meeting was in some ways downplaying the election, saying they're their candidate was weak, the Democratic candidate was uniquely strong, and he can't be replicated. But others were were noting that this is just another reminder that it's going to be a really tough midterm cycle for them, that they are largely on defense and they know they have to raise a lot of money and work really, really hard to try and keep their majority. And some of the particulars of this district, this is in southwestern Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. it's outside of Pittsburgh. Uh, it is some nice, you know, sort of affluent suburbs, but it's also some old steel towns and, and uh, places that have been hard hit. This is Trump country. Mm-hmm. The president won it by almost 20 points. Uh, the, the member that the, the seat was vacated, uh, Tim Murphy, he left last year. He, uh, he didn't even have a Democratic opponent mm-hmm. in 2014 and 2016. So this is, by all accounts, a Republican place. And yet we have a virtual draw. I mean, it sounds like Connor Lamb is likely to pull this out. Uh, and the president visited the district twice to encourage people to vote for Rick Saccone. Mm-hmm. Uh, his son was there just in the recent days. Kellyanne yep. Conway, his senior advisor, was there. They kind of threw the kitchen sink at Connor Lamb. Uh, that you know, super PACs are spending all this money, and yet uh, it, it it looks like it didn't kind of go their way. That's right. And the Democratic message out of last night uh, was that Republicans need to be really scared uh, going into the midterms this year um, because they were able, the Democrat was able to resonate so well in a really Republican district. The dozens and dozens of seats that Democrats are targeting this cycle are less Republican than the 18th district in Pennsylvania. So they're saying that the turnout in the suburbs that Lamb was able to kind of resonate with some of these voters should be concerning for Republicans in more competitive seats this cycle. And in general, I mean, isn't this reaction from Republicans, like particularly people who are trying to put a, get a game face on, isn't this what we would expect? I mean, they're not going to say, yeah, we really got our butts kicked over there. I mean, what, what, what were we expecting to hear this morning? Yeah, this is along the lines of what we were expecting. And Republicans were already kind of starting to lay the groundwork for this message late last week, uh, starting to really criticize the Republican candidate for not raising enough money. He was outraised by more than four times as much, uh, so he couldn't compete as much on the airwaves himself, though it should be noted that outside Republicans groups poured millions and millions of dollars. Ten into, million. Yeah, more than 10 million, at least in, in outside spending on the Republican side. Uh, So we were expecting Republicans to try and sort of downplay this a little bit. 
Um, but one re Republican congressman we talked to, who's Charlie Dent, a retiring congressman from Pennsylvania, from the other side of the state, said that, yeah, you're going to hear this message from Republicans, but the truth is that this is a sign of the toxic political environment right now, and we need to be ready for it. I think that uh, if, if you're a Republican in a safe seat, you better be ready. Yeah. Um, you know, if a seat like this can go badly. You see this as a referendum on the president. He did come in at the last minute, had that big rally yeah. right outside Pittsburgh. Well, this, this midterm is going to be a referendum on the party of power yeah. and the president of the United States yeah. conduct in office. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, that's going to be the issue. Yeah. Now, uh, there might be other mitigating factors, but that won't be the big issue. And one of those super PACs, one of those groups that was spending money uh, in the district was a, a one that's closely aligned with the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, the mm -hmm. Congressional Leadership Fund. That's right. Uh, CLF had two field offices in the district. They were in there early. They saw early on that Rick Saccone wasn't as telegenic as Connor Lamb, and, and he had a history of not raising a ton of money. Um, he had previously been running for Senate and hadn't raised a lot of money, so they were concerned early on, opened up two field offices, and hired 50 door knockers, uh, sent their one of their national data directors up there. Um, but still, it wasn't enough to pull Saccone over the finish line. And uh, Democrats are really looking at that as a broader problem for Republicans. Well, and also, it should be noted that Rick Saccone is also not just some stiff that they put up. Right. He's, he's, a, uh, he's in the Pennsylvania legislature. He's a well-known figure around the district because mm -hmm. he's represented it. Uh, he was an intelligence officer in the Air Force. Yep. I mean, this is, I mean, it would be easy to see him as your kind of typical member of Congress from the back benches. Yeah, that was actually one of the messages that Republican leaders sent to members at the meeting this morning, according to a source familiar with the discussion. Part of that, they tried to explain to members that maybe voters didn't really know a lot about Rick Saccone's message, that he wasn't able to define himself in the race, and they were encouraging members to make sure you define yourself and define yourself early. And they said what you were mentioning, that Saccone had a record as a veteran, worked in counterterrorism, uh, but they were arguing that people maybe didn't really realize that. Um, that could be them sort of trying to explain what exactly happened here, but that was certainly the message to other members this morning that you need to define yourself, you need to define your opponent. They think that Lamb wasn't really well defined from the Republican end uh, in this race. And on the other side, Democrats, you know, they, they racked up, you know, kind of a series of, of moral victories, if mm -hmm. you will, in special elections last year by by cutting the margins of the of the Republican edge in places like Kansas and Georgia. But this is their first win in the House. They did win the Alabama Senate race, although that was kind of special circumstances right. when you consider the, the dynamics there of Roy Moore, the Republican candidate, being a, a fairly flawed uh, candidate. But th this is their first win on the board you know, since, since then. What are you hearing from Democrats? Because it seemed like the Democratic Campaign Committee was already kind of popping champagne corks before <laughs> the polls even closed on Tuesday night. Yeah, they actually declared victory for Connor Lamb before anyone called it, before Connor Lamb said he won. The DTRIP had put out a statement that said, we congratulate Connor Lamb, we look forward to him being in Congress. Um, I think the question for Democrats that this race is presenting and that we might be interesting to watch for in other races is what kind of candidate emerges from the primary. Uh, Republicans argue that other candidates in other races are going to be pushed to the left in their primaries 
that might not be the case in some of the competitive races where the primary fields aren't as crowded, but it sort of contributes to this ongoing debate in the party right now of what kind of dem what kind of candidates should we have? Should they be strikingly progressive or more centrist? And and you know how do they navigate that? And some of those dynamics are actually playing out in Texas. I mean, mm -hmm. Texas had a primary last week. It was the first of the year, and they're headed to a bunch of runoffs. Yep. Uh, the, the the campaign committee, the Democratic campaign congressional campaign committee didn't get uh, their preferred candidates right out of the gate in a couple of marquee races. So this is this issue isn't going away. That's right. We're, now the primary season is really kicking up. We're going to see this playing out in some of these races. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see if the DCCC or other Democratic organizations are more aggressively involved in trying to push the candidates they see as most electable over the finish line. Um, they were obviously aggressive in, in one of the Texas races, releasing opposition research on a Democratic candidate that they viewed as unelectable. Um, will that continue, or will it? Will some of the pushback they got from that make them not as as likely to do so? We're going to have to wait and see how these primaries progress. Now, hanging over all this is Donald Trump. Yep. Uh, again, he made two visits to the district. The speech was on Saturday evening in, in the Pittsburgh airport. The rally for Rick Saccone was a little bit more about the president than mm -hmm. it was about Saccone, but he did visit twice. He did encourage his voters to come out for Saccone, and it didn't seem to be enough. Uh, is Are you hearing any talk, uh, or are you going to keep an eye out for the, this idea that maybe some candidates are not going to be so psyched about having the president come to... to uh, you know, rally support, so mm -hmm. so to speak, for them, particularly if it's a closer district that has more Democrats in it. Right. It seems like Democrats in those, especially under the new Pennsylvania map, there are 25 Republicans now in districts that Hillary Clinton won in 2016. Can't imagine that they would think the president would be helpful in those races. Uh, the message from Republicans this morning is that maybe the president was able to make the race a lot closer than polling indicated going into the final days of the race. So they, they were trying to argue that he's not necessarily a liability, um, but certainly in some of these more competitive, more Democratic-leaning areas, I, it would be tough to imagine that Republicans there would want the president to come in because Democrats are so energized against the president right now. I'm sorry, you said 25. Are you talking about candidates or 25, not, not members of Congress? 25 um, Republican-held seats that Clinton won in 2016. Oh, the I'm sorry, across the country. Yes. Across the country. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. All right, so what are you going to be looking for as you, you know, like keep following primaries and stuff? I mean, we have, a, as you said, we have a lot, but what are what are some of the things that have, have maybe changed your reporting outlook as a result of this race? Oh, that's a good question. I think just the fact that races can be so unpredictable that we, with the electorate right now and Democrats so energized and I don't know, it's going to be especially interesting in these primaries to see which candidates the electorate favors. Is it really going to be those candidates farther to the left or are voters going to be, as some might say, pragmatic and, and try and go for the more middle of the road candidate who can appeal to Republicans? Uh, that's definitely something I'll be watching and yeah, it's going to be a pretty, pretty crazy cycle ahead. Connor Lamb seems to almost be the type of candidate that Rahm Emanuel would have uh, recruited when he was running the DCCC back in 2006, and the Democrats took back the House. Very specific to the district, very uh, familiar face, uh, somebody who could talk uh, on the level that the district was comfortable with. Do you think we're going to see more of this? That's possible. Um, there are just so many candidates running on the Democratic side right now. The question is who's going to get through the primary. 
I think it will be interesting to watch some of these uh, um, sort of more anti, maybe anti-Nancy Pelosi Democrats like Congressman Tim Ryan or Seth Moulton, both of whom campaigned for Lamb. Um, Lamb, of course, has said he wouldn't support Pelosi for leader. It'll be interesting to see sort of where they go and who, what candidates they support and who they see as sort of these emerging, maybe more centrist Democrats, people who um, might not be as as further to as far to the left as some other candidates and might be more willing to buck their party on some other issues. Now, the Republicans really are invested in this idea that they can put Nancy Pelosi's face on a television screen mm -hmm. and it will turn out their voters. Uh, sh th that was certainly a part of some of the ads that the Republican groups were running in Pennsylvania 18. Uh, you reported from the district. Did mm -hmm. you get a sense that Nancy Pelosi was a factor in this race? Yes and no. That's kind of a tricky question because Democrats would argue that the fact that Lamb won meant that that message didn't stick. Uh, but Republicans say that the fact that Lamb had to answer those ads with a television ad of its own. My opponent wants you to believe the biggest issue in this campaign is Nancy Pelosi. It's all a big lie. I've already said on the front page of the newspaper that I don't support Nancy Pelosi. As a candidate, it seems like you wouldn't want to spend money uh, responding to ads, so that maybe some of that was working. Um, when I was there, I talked to one, uh, one voter who was previously registered Democrat, is now unaffiliated and tends to lean Republican, said that he personally really liked Lamb a lot, that if Lamb was a Republican, he'd vote for him in a heartbeat. Uh, but that he wasn't going to vote for him because of his ties. He didn't think he could be independent of Pelosi. He specifically named Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the Senate. He thought that Lamb couldn't be independent of them, uh, despite his, his pledge not to support her. Bridget, thanks for taking a little time out of this very busy morning and, and afternoon uh, to talk to Political Theater. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Political Theater. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jason Dick. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and on NPR One. And please take a little time and rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, you can visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at RollCall. Thank you for listening.